This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 197. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman, and today I am joined by three others. It's going to be quite an episode today. I've got with me Jacob Paulson. I've got a- Amy Robbins of the Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast and Alexa Athletica, really yep. cool clothing line for women. And I've got Emily Valentine from the Not Your Average Gun What's Girls up? podcast and the Style Me Tactical blog. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Riley. How exciting. This, this is fun. We should do this more often, guys. Okay. <laughs> I'm, on my, I'm on my fourth cup of coffee here. Oh I'm goodness. like ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're only you're an hour today. behind. Yeah, so it's, it's noon in Dallas. Yeah, I'm at one o'clock. I need to be eating lunch soon. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, today what we are doing is... We're, we're bringing you two on um, as part of the Concealed Carry podcast to introduce your new podcast, the Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast, which is part of the ConcealedCarry.com network yes. of shows, of, of podcast shows. Who knows? What, what, what will the third show be if we ever <laughs> show, right? But no, we're super excited to have you on. We're super excited about the Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast. It just launched last week on Thursday. Uh, the, the response so far has been really positive. It's been huge, way bigger than what we expected. Tons of people tuning in, listening to Not Your Average Gun, Gun Girls podcast. You, you really launched it with a bang. I mean, you, you brought on uh, several, you know, top-notch uh, ladies from the industry. I mean, we started right off the bat with Sig Sauer Academy's yes. Um, we had Stephanie Reese from Springfield Armory. We had, let's see who else we have. We had um, Michelle. 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 Yes, of course. Glock. Michelle Vescuzzi from Glock. Mm-hmm. Alicia. And uh, Alicia uh, Burroughs. With yep. HK, sponsored shooter with HK. Yeah. And he rocks uh, it in the social media realm on Instagram. Yeah. Brie Warner from Tactical NYC. Um, Carly Evans. Yeah, he does a lot with NRA TV. Yeah, they're all coming up in uh, later yeah. this month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we, we had some awesome ones for sure. Great very, stuff. I, yeah, I felt very, very honored. Like, I honestly, guys, like, did not know what to expect right. at all. It's my first time to ever do a podcast. <laughs> exactly. um, so, you know, when you get to SHOT Show, it, there's so much going on. But the fact that we were able to wrinkle eight of these amazing women and sit down right. them and really like truly bring all these different perspectives um, and different walks of life into this podcast was just like so awesome. I'm still kind of like trying to come down from how excited and high I felt like being at SHOT Show getting to interview all of them. So thank you guys for, for putting that all together. And Definitely. Us- yeah. I mean, they took time out of their days to come talk to us and especially like launching for the first time and not even knowing what they were getting into with this new podcast. So yeah, real, real awesome and honored to interview with all of those ladies. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's been an interesting adventure. I, you know, I, I can think kind of, you know, where me and Riley were coming from, uh, you know, I guess about a year ago as we thought about, you know, we did this huge listener survey and I remember getting all the stats back and 95% of our podcast listeners were men. And I thought that doesn't index properly uh, for the industry. Uh, you know, 
there are more, more than five percent of shooters out there, and so carriers are, are 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 women, right? It's a greater greater percentage than five, and so clearly, uh, we're not having the discussion in the way that everybody wants to listen to it. And as as we looked around at the at the podcasting world and said, you know, th- there are companies out there that have ten different podcasts about photography or three different podcasts about mm-hmm. hunting, and it's not just about you know men versus women. I think it's about a, just a different way to approach the conversation. Totally. So I'd love right. to hear. Amy, Emily, talk about, you know, from, from your guys' perspective, perspective, you know, is it about gender or is it about just a different way to have the conversation and kind of how would, how would you respond to that idea? No, I, I honestly would say, because I think both Emily and I have kind of had the same journey into the firearm world that there has been for such a long time, um, like a picture in everyone's mind that comes to mind when you say a gun person mm-hmm. or you say a gun girl, and that runs the gamut of everything from, I don't know, very, very tactical to maybe these gun bunnies that are on the internet to only competitive shooters. And and sometimes I think um, that women who want to get into the shooting sport sometimes feel like they have to fit into a box. Right. And I've never fit into any type of box when it comes to me being a gun owner. I just highly believe in the second amendment and firearms have just always fit into my life very seamlessly. I say they fit into my life, like my Neiman's card in my Bible, I'm a Texas girl. They're there. I have them in my house. Um, but it's not the only thing that defines me. And I believe that there's a huge segment of women out there mm-hmm. that believe the same way. Like they're moms, they're running around trying to wrangle their kids. Um, they have a crazy shoe collection, like Miss Emily here from Stommy Tactical. Uh, they love their makeup. They love, they just, but they also love the second amendment and they, right. they want to get into firearms, but they're just not really finding any avenues or resources for people that are talking to them and trying to relate with them on a very normal level. And then just insert the firearm into the conversation in a normal way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's exactly it. It's about promoting that lifestyle is that we can continue to like the things that we like and do the things that we like, but we can also be advocates for the second amendment. Also want to be able to defend ourselves with the tool, whether it be a gun or some other self-defense tool, but it's just, I think before, you know, with, with social media, there's a lot more ways for women to get exposed now to other women Mm -hmm. that sort of, that they can relate to. So having, you know, the podcast and what Amy's doing and what I'm doing with Stommy Tactical, those are opening up those doors for other women to see, oh, I don't have to fit into one of those boxes. Like there are actual like everyday women that are like me that do carry and who are self-reliant and Mm -hmm. they can learn from us and then take tips that we're trying to provide through uh, the podcast and our sites and work them into their daily lives. Right. And as more women are starting to get into shooting and trying to find out more about firearms, um, we're realizing, okay, a lot of the things that have been made in the gun world, as far as like products or clothing or whatever, just haven't really, I don't know, like spoken to us right. <laughs> and on our, on our level. And so I think we're just trying to change that conversation and make people aware that there's a huge group out there that we've, we've kind of been alienating. And I was, I was a part of that group. Um, and so I think I'm just taking what I've learned on my own journey and want to relay that to other women. Um, and I, I think Emily would say the same thing. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. And we want to, we want to speak to to women who not only, you know, want to get into firearms. We just want to talk about being prepared, being mm-hmm. self-reliant, being empowered. And there's just a lot that we're going to get into on this podcast. So, 
Yeah, I like that you guys' conversations seem to be a little bit more broad. You know, I've heard a lot of conversations about non-lethal, you know, things like pepper spray and mace. And and I think it's a very welcoming kind of environment. It's it's not about, you know, guns and shooting as much as it's about uh, personal protection. Right, and, right. You know, and just self-reliance, to use that word, maybe. Right. Well, I think as as more people grasp hold of this whole idea and this whole notion of taking their self-defense personal, it's it's almost like these non-lethal options are gateways to me to getting into firearms. Um, it's kind of a natural progression. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're we're talking to women who have children. We're talking to women who have never picked up a firearm before, who might be very intimidated or very scared to go to the gun range and take that first step to actually shoot. And so we just want to, like you said, like make it a very welcoming environment um, for them to come, to learn, to ask questions, um, and ultimately just be a resource for them, no matter what right. they choose to get into for, for their own defense. Yeah. So let me, uh, if you don't mind, back up a little bit with you two. I'm curious. I'd like to kind of hear a little bit more about your story, your your personal individual stories as it relates to guns. How you got started? What you know? What got you interested in it? Uh, concealed carry. You know your own journey about concealed carry, and then kind of how that's led you up to this point. So let's uh, let's kick it off. Let's start just randomly with uh, Emily. Let's start with Emily. Well, my journey started with um, my husband coming home one day, basically saying he wanted to get a gun for home defense. Um, I wasn't opposed to it. I grew up around guns. Uh, my dad had a gun in the house. Um, so I thought about it a little bit and was like, okay, sure. If uh, we're going to have a gun in the home, then I want to make sure that I know how to use it. Um, what's the point of being able to have a gun to defend yourself if you actually can't defend yourself with it? Uh, so we went out. Uh, shooting to the range one day and it was the worst experience for me. I hated every moment of it. I didn't like it. Um, got home and I was just really like taken aback that I had felt that so strongly against it. Um, that I was kind of like contemplating a little bit more. How can I get over this? And I started thinking, well, looking online for resources, didn't really find anything that, you know, I could relate to that much. So I was like, well, what if I just kind of started, documenting my own journey with it a little bit more that might one would hold me accountable to actually go to the range, start seeking out like actual like certified instructors. Um, So that's sort of how I got into sort of shooting for myself, Um, going to the range, taking the proper training classes. And I was like, okay, this is, it was, it was a lot better. I, you know, I started using like double ear protection because it was just little things, you know, being in in an indoor range, it's just so loud. If you've never been in one, you know, it's a little bit shocking. You know, I would never shot a gun before and it just, I wasn't, you know, the recoil was more than I had anticipated. It just was, there was just so many different factors that first time that I just, it really kind of like jarred my whole experience. Um, But once I got going with an instructor, I started enjoying it. Um, And then I started, thinking more about um, being able to defend myself um, with the gun. And I had always had a prepared, like self-reliant mindset. Um, I live downtown, so I'm always situational aware. you know, I had mace, I've had, you know, pocket knives, things like that, but never something as, you know, lethal as a firearm. And once I started um, shooting more, I started looking for more resources and realizing that, there wasn't any resources out there. And I'm like, where are all these women who are like me, who 
like clothes, who like beauty, but also want to be able to defend themselves. They've got to be out there. So I kind of started building Style Me Tactical around that and started showcasing my journey with shooting, my journey with concealed carry and started wanting to be a resource for women because I thought for sure there's got to be other women out there like me. Mm -hmm. And if there weren't, I wanted to provide a place for them to come so they could learn about it and get educated about being self-reliant and showing that you can still maintain a lifestyle and defend yourself. And that's sort of how that progressed. And through that, that's how I met Amy. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Now, real quick, before I turn over to Amy, um, Emily, you, you live kind of in the Washington DC area. Is that right? I live downtown DC. <laughs> downtown DC. Not exactly known as a bastion for <laughs> gun friendly, you know, no. practices. It's getting there. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about the journey as far as I mean, number one, even owning a handgun in DC. I mean, one at one time it was very difficult. Yep. And then number two, getting a permit. Right. So we only uh, recently in the past, I want to say three to four months have been able to get a permit within DC. Um, So as soon as that changed, I was down at the police station filling out my paperwork, got my permit, I'm good to go. Um, Getting, you know, the process for getting a handgun in DC, you know, a lot of people really complain about it. They think it's, you know, the worst experience ever. Yes, we only have one FFL. He only works certain days of the week and, you know, he only takes cash. You know, there are just, there's some nuances to that. <laughs> Sounds and shady. Yeah. It's his office. It's a whole you know, down thing. some dark alley. And, you know. <laughs> no, but it is in the basement Going of the police trunk. station. Oh, like, it's in a police station. That's some credibility. There you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like his process is, I mean, he, he has it fine tuned to a T and so long as you don't have a problem paying the money and, you know, following those steps, you can have, you can get your handgun permit. And I just think like when I was looking it up and when I hear from other people, a lot of people complain and I'm just like, it's just a matter of doing the steps. Yeah. It's a little bit of hassle, but at least I can, I can still, I can get a handgun permit. You know, the concealed carry permit takes a little bit longer and their requirements are a little stricter. There's I had to do two eight-hour days of uh, classroom, and um, it's a combination of like a classroom, and we did like some drawing from concealment, some things like that within classroom. Then there was a separate, I want to say it was like two hours of range time where we did drawing from concealment, shooting at like three, five, I want to say seven, 10, and 15 yards, like 200 rounds of ammo. Like it was pretty rigorous, and I know that there's only – there was at the time that I took it only, I think, two people offering and both the weekends that they had available were like were booked completely as soon as like that um, ruling changed. Mm. So you can get it. You just need to be willing to put in the effort um, to go down the police station, take the classes. I mean, it is costly, um, but if you want to carry a gun and you want to defend yourself with a gun, then you can, it's doable. Wow. I, I can't even imagine what that <laughs> must well, for be me, like. It's a, I think about the perspective of the thing, right? I mean, a lot of us who are living in you know Arizona or Idaho or Wyoming, you know, <laughs> where, where you don't have to do any training, you just march in and get well. <laughs> in Arizona, you do have to do some training to get a permit. But anyway, it's such different, right? But for you, Emily, your perspective is, well, this is what they said I had to do. So I went and did it because I wanted the permit. I wanted the right. gun, whatever it was. And so I, I think that we all kind of you know, forget that. Yeah, there, certainly there's a lot of variation, but at the end of the day, you know, is it worth it or isn't it worth it? 
yeah, that's what it comes down to. For me, it was worth it. Awesome. Thank you for sharing your story with us. I, I think that's really, really fascinating. So now I'm going to turn it back over to Amy. Amy, what's your story? Well, um, I have a here we, slightly, here we go. slightly different story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have grown up around guns since I was born, basically. My dad was a big hunter, but we had three girls in our family and we were way more interested in, you know, going shopping than we were going hunting with him. So never grew up... Um, as far as like being a hunter or anything like that, but was always comfortable around firearms because my parents taught us gun safety from a very young age. I mean, I, I remember going out to my granddad's farm uh, with all the, with all the cousins and everything. And of course we brought the shotguns and the rifles and uh, I was 11 years old and my dad put this huge, like 12 gauge shotgun in my, my hands and was like, here, shoot this. And like I did, and I was really tiny and it kicked me. And I was like, I, it was a horrible experience. And I said, I'm never touching one of those shotguns again. So I grew a very healthy respect for firearms very quickly. Um, but as I got older, you know, we, we always had handguns around the house as well. We knew how to use them. We'd go out and we'd go shooting, um, we, we grew up on a bunch of land. And so I was always very comfortable with them, um, but, and had them in the house for self-defense, but never really thought about them as far as like concealed carry goes until a few years ago. Um, and I remember my dad for Christmas had bought uh, me, my sister and our husband's firearms. Uh, that was our, our Christmas present. And um, I can remember my husband, he traveled a lot for work. So I wanted a gun in the house, but I hated that every time he had to leave, he had to show me how to load those things into that thing and put it in the gun and do that thing. That's really hard, you know, to rack the slide. And, and then I couldn't remember if the safety was on or off and, and I just hated it. So I, I ended up just going with a revolver for my very first firearm. And um, I think that's kind of a natural progression. A lot of people think, Oh, just give the lady the revolver. It's not going to malfunction, you know? Um, but then I got cast to start working with the NRA on a new television show that they were working on. Um, and that's where I met Coley and Noir from the Noir show. And that was really when kind of my passion for the shooting world grew. Um, I, I started realizing like, there's a lot of ladies that are like me that want to get into shooting. But again, I would have never known where to go for, for training or anything like that. I was working with the guys on the show all the time. I was constantly at the range. We were shooting for different segments. And so I was getting my hands on a lot of different uh, handguns, a lot of different rifles and shotguns. And, um, and, and I just like, as I started to learn about them, they became less scary to me. And I, I became, a, it was like very empowering. Um, as I started learning how to operate each one of these different platforms, I was like, okay, if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> it's, it's not as difficult as it seems. It just takes that first step of getting out there and going to do it. So I can remember having the conversation on one of the noir shows uh, where everybody on the show had a concealed carry license. And I got to admit, I was one of those people that was like, why? Like, why are you carrying a gun with you? Like everywhere you go, I get it in your house. I get it in your car, but doesn't that seem, and I used the P word. I was like, doesn't that seem a little paranoid to have your gun with you all the time? Um, and as I had more conversations with them and all the ladies that worked in my office um, looked super fabulous. They'd be walking around with their Louboutin shoes and their Chanel bags and they would have, um, they would have day off body carried. So they'd put their SIGs and their Chanel bags. And I was like, you know what? It hit me. I was like, if we're walking out to the garage late at night, uh, the best I can do is make a phone call to the cops and maybe 
run really fast, um, or they can actually defend themselves. And so I think it just started clicking in my head, like the best way to, 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 I don't know, like to defend yourself is just to be prepared. And so I started looking at the firearm being with me all the time as, um, as a tool to protect myself, not as something that paranoid people do. Uh, it was kind of the same way that I thought of, of as why I have a spare tire in my car. You know, I keep a spare tire in my car, not because I'm paranoid every day that I'm going to get a flat tire right. actually it gives <laughs> me peace of mind because I'm actually at ease. If there was a problem, I can actually fix the problem and I can, I can handle myself. So, um, that's where my journey for concealed carry started was about three, four years ago, um, got my license and I, I haven't slowed down since. And I, I really love talking to women. It's funny because now every time I go out to dinner with all my girlfriends, inevitably guns will be brought up. Whereas before this, we never talked about guns at dinner, even though we all liked them and we like, believe in the Second Amendment, we never talked about it. So I think it's just a matter of having someone there who's knowledgeable and experienced with it um, to take that first step for a woman to be like, you know what, I really want to learn about this and I want to talk about this. And so we want to, I basically want to like continue our dinner conversations on this podcast <laughs> and talk about the same things we would at dinner, talk about them, you know, with, with all the other women, because I know there's plenty of women out there that want to learn about this stuff. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna true to Riley form. I'm gonna completely t- turn around and do something different now. <laughs> here's here's a question I've, I've been wanting to ask, and I think you know this has come up sometimes in, in some of our sideline conversations. But I'd love to hear your your take on this idea. It, it, it appears to me that in our industry, there's two very different extreme approaches to you know the women question. You know, because us dudes, we have the women question, and uh, what one extreme seems to be this idea that. Um, they're super different, so we have to treat them all different. You know, they all have small hands. Um, they all have weak arms. And, uh, you know, like just that kind of just ridiculousness of like, oh, we can't, you know, don't assume anything. They're all different. And then you have the other extreme where it's like, you know, women don't want to be treated different. We're not going to treat them different. You know, shoot the same guns, use the same stuff. Like, let's do it. And uh, I, I suspect the, the correct answer, the, the reality or the truth is somewhere in the middle. Like, what? Well, how do you guys react to that kind of a, a question? I mean, it it is somewhere in the middle and because, I mean, we're different. Women are different in the sense that, yes, our hand sizes may be smaller than men. Our body sizes, you know, all differ from each other. But in the end, it's all about like what we're comfortable with, you know, as far as if we are going to choose a handgun, you know, which one have we, you know, felt them in our hands? Have we gone to the range and, you know, shot a couple of the different options, you know, to see which ones that we like? Um, I don't think you necessarily have to um, create, you know, women specific items like the pink guns to like, you know, market to them. But I mean, we all, you know, I don't think that being different is necessarily a bad thing. Um, I think we're all able to figure out what it is that we need and how it's going to help us and what we're comfortable with. And we just, I think we, women just want information. I mean, right. at the end of the day, we want to, when we walk into a gun store, A, we want to actually have someone look us in the eyes and say, hello, <laughs> talk to me, yeah. Don't just talk to my husband. Um, well, half the time, my husband doesn't even go with me to the gun store. So I like to play a fun little game of how long is this going to take until someone says hi to me at the, <laughs> at the gun store. Um, and so just 
treat us like you would any normal right. customer that comes into your store. Ask us questions. Ask us what what are we looking for? I mean, it's the same way when we go and we go shop for shoes. Um, there's a specific reason why we're looking for a certain type of shoe. Right. And so ask us what that reason is. What are you looking for? Um, you know, what is this going to be used for? And those kind of things. And then that gets the conversation rolling. And then, you know what, just help educate me, go and find, if I don't know what I'm talking about, I don't even know what I'm looking for. Present me with several options. Um, you know, let's say, let's put it in my hand. Ask, tell me, this is how you hold it. This is what you do. This is how you uh, pull this slide back. Show me how it operates. And then let me get a feel for it in my hand. And then of course, really, you can't really tell until you get out to the range and, and you go shoot it. But I think from a starting point, we just we want information. We don't want to feel like we're dumb or we don't know what we're talking about when we go in. Cause a lot of times we don't, I didn't know what I was talking about when I first started going into the gun store. I didn't know the lingo, what, a, what caliber was, what the difference between a 380 and nine, a 40, a 45, you know, I mean, there was just a lot of things that I, I don't know. And if you just treat us like a normal person and just try to be there to help educate that's what we're looking for. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, and it's asking those questions when you're walking in, you know, trying to figure out what it is that they're really in there for, because a lot of women going in, like you said, Amy, don't know. I didn't know the lingo. I don't know how to properly ask for something in the gun store. A lot of women don't. And if you can help guide them by asking the right questions, I mean, they're behind the counter. They're the ones who are the experts Yeah, and they mm -hmm. need to guide us and help us. And so if they're asking the right questions that can lead us you know, to make better informed decisions mm -hmm. and then start going to seek out more information that we need instead of saying, oh, I just sold this gun to like the last six women. Like that's not helpful. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, here's what I appreciate. I appreciate that this, um, I'm going to call it, you know, newsworthy headline, you know, women getting into shooting kind of idea. What it has done is it has helped, I think, um, people in the industry, whether we're instructors or you know, gun salesmen or whatever, better understand that people are just individuals, whether they're men or women or not, it just, right. it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I think that no, there is no one size fits thing for everybody. And right. we just got to actually treat people like individuals. And so I think that's, that's, that's the good news, right? That's, that's perhaps the good, good takeaway. Um, for those of us, those of you guys who are joining live right now, you know, Riley's internet just went down conveniently. The, the rest <laughs> oh, of us no. are still connected. That's where he went. <laughs> yeah. Just boom. Just went Are down. we still on Facebook? <laughs> Thank you. Comcast. <laughs> yes, we, we are still live. Um, and All maybe right. we'll edit out this little fun you know, soiree, but um, here, here's another uh, interesting thought and, and kind of continuing in this conversation. It, it, it's the balance is somewhere in the middle of those two extremes, right? And so here's here's what I found most interesting, um, kind of going into this podcast project with not your average gun girls. Uh, I, I didn't I didn't have any idea what to expect. I was like, man, I, how <laughs> I was just clueless, right? Yeah. And and so I remember listening to the first episode. I'm I'm in a, I'm in my room and my my wife is you know sitting next to me. And I got the computer open and I'm playing it and she's used to me doing work stuff. You know, it's like she's over it, right? She's she's it's normal. So I I hit play and I'm listening to that first episode with Hannah from the Six Hour Academy. And we get to the end and I'm in my mind I'm like, I don't know, I don't know if I liked it. And my wife's like, that was great. And and, and it hit me in that moment. I was like. You know, it, 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 as much as we want to be all gender neutral and politically correct, it's also just true that there is a gender difference in terms of how it's not, it's not always, uh, I, I guess what I'm saying is it's not always 
what we say or what we do, if it's how we say it and how we do it. And, and it's about having, you know, facilitating a conversation that's more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and I think that's been really interesting. We have our company meetings and we have, you know, have all our employees. We have 10 employees today. And uh, it's like, hey, who's listened to all the four episodes? And, you know, a bunch of hands go up. It's like, great. Uh, what do you guys think? And, you know, the comments are usually the same. Like, yeah, they're, 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 they're pretty good, um, but I'm a dude. And, right. and I think that's kind of the point, right? right? Right. Yeah. Well, there's things that it's not that I can't get great information. I actually love y'all's podcast. I get great information from your podcast. I think it just at the end of the day is who there's also other things that we want to talk about. The guys are probably not going to hit on and that's totally okay. I mean, I think when we started this, we kind of were like, I don't know if anyone's going to listen to this either. (laughs) We didn't really know. I didn't really know. Are there people that want to listen to like what your favorite makeup routine is in the morning? And, and I'm like, I, I think that there, it just adds another level and element of relatability to, to women that might not otherwise be in the firearm community. I also know there's going to be women that don't want to listen to, Right. So the makeup routines, like we, we are not, um, you know, we, we don't think that everybody wants to listen to that. And, and obviously we're going to dive deeper into a lot of this stuff too, as we go along. But I think, um, you know, you got to find what works for you mm-hmm. and what relates to you where you're going to get that information and, and stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the point is that we can't look at these things as mutually exclusive. You know, for right. you who are listening to this podcast right now, you can't look at it as, am I going to listen to this podcast or that one? Right. Am I going right. to visit this website or that website? Mm-hmm. Am I going to watch this YouTube channel or that YouTube channel? We have to instead think of it as I need to get as much awesome content as I can. And I need to plug into all the different places uh, where I'm comfortable, where I'm growing, where I'm learning. And, and I, I like what I'm getting. And I think that's that's kind of you know the the main takeaway for me. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, so Riley's just missed like Hi, the last like, ten You're minutes. Back, Welcome back. <laughs> so yeah, too bad for internet, you. The internet just totally it just it just tanked. <laughs> I had to go reset everything: router, modem, oh, that's oh, everything. No. So I'm back. <laughs> Thank goodness. You've missed all the important questions. I already asked them all. <laughs> good. Sorry. Good, yeah. good. Well, your important questions. I may have some of my own, right? Maybe. So Maybe. here, here's where I, I'm going to derail us again. I'm going to go a totally different direction. And we've had a couple of comments from people who are, who are participating on Facebook Live. Um, the vast majority of our listeners are men. And so when I ask this question, it's probably for most of our listeners in the context of my wife or my child. But I think, it, you know, I, I mean for it to be broad and, and general. And that would be, you know, what are, what are some of the, like, the major tips we, we need to give someone if they're going to take somebody out to that range for the first time? Uh, you both mentioned your first experiences were horrible. My first experience was equally horrible. My first experience on a gun was a 30-06, and I was not pleased with the experience at all. I remember my first handgun experience. I didn't even have ear protection on. This person oh thought God. it was totally fine for me to shot, shoot this high-point uh, 45 caliber gun with no hearing protection. And so I think a oh, lot of us have that horrible first experience a story. Riley's over there laughing. He thinks this is hilarious. What do you expect from a high point owner? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, for, sorry for all you high point owners. Uh, so, so Amy, Emily, you know what? What are some of? The, I'm sure you get this question a ton today, right? So, what are some of those things you tell people? Like, here's some things you probably should do when you take that person for the first time. Well, I personally like taking first time shooters to an outdoor range. And I have my reasons for that. Um, shooting indoors, like for me, 
I don't even personally like shooting indoors. Like it's super loud. I don't mm-hmm. like feeling really confined in those bays next to somebody. I don't like it. I like the freedom to run and gun, as they say. Um, and I just have more fun outside. And I've also found um, when I take new shooters with me, uh, like the Smith and Wesson M&P Sport, like the little 1522 is awesome because it looks like an AR-15, but it shoots a 22. And so like you can put that in someone's hands for the very first time and they're going to think it's going to be all big, bad and scary and intimidating, but they end up like having no recoil and just like shooting the targets and plinking steel and, and having fun. So I think like getting people out to have fun um, for me has been a really good strategy to get people out there. And then as we, as, we, as they grow and build and they're like, okay, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, then progress on to, to the next level or to something else. Um, and so that, that was, that was a, or that is a strategy that works a lot for me when I'm taking new shooters with me to the range. Yeah. I unfortunately don't have the luxury of going to an outdoor range. Um, my, Range options are all indoors and not in DC because DC does not have any ranges. <laughs> um, Move so, to Texas. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> um, so, you know, my thought is, you know, they, they, I mean, indoor ranges, I mean, they're getting better. Like they're making some really nice ones now, but like for the most part, like the ranges that I think that most people have access to, they're going to be dark, they're going to be dingy, you know, all the lanes are going to be filled. And, you know, the problem is, letting, I think your partner, female, whomever know that like it is, you know, setting a little bit of an expectation of what you're walking into, you know, there's going to be people next to you that are going to be shooting, you know, loud guns that you aren't, you don't know, you don't know what they're shooting, you know? And it's just like, for me, that first time I was just like, what, what are they shooting? It sounded like cannons were going off. (laughs) Just like, I don't like it, you know? And for me, I started with, you know, going using like a double ear protection because it helped muffle a lot of the sound for me, which kind of put me a lot more at ease, you know, and also a lot of um, husbands want to take their wives. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But at the same time, the husbands don't always know best. And, you know, sometimes learning from, you know, an instructor that might be recommended or that you found online that can be a little bit more patient with you and, you know, explain things a little bit more if you are going to an indoor range, I think is helpful. You know, I don't, you know, I don't have any problem shooting with my husband now. And I don't think I had a problem the first time when I shot like necessarily with him, but I think it's possible that my experience might've been a little better had I had somebody who was maybe certified or qualified Mm -hmm. to kind of go through a little bit more of the basics of, you know, stance and things like that, instead of just kind of like, I feel like what I see a lot is, you know, you know, husband, wife combo go into the range and the husband says, here, shoot this, you know, without kind of like easing you in um, a little bit more. And some people don't need that, but, you know, personally, like starting with a 22 might be a good way to, you know, get somebody experienced with a little bit of, you know, handling recoil and just kind of saying, this is what you can expect. Um, Especially if you have to do like indoor range. But yeah, the few times that I've shot outdoor, oh, I love it. Like I, that's where I would prefer to shoot. Yeah. Those are great tips by the way. And my wife also hates going to indoor ranges. Um, She tolerates it, you know, and we try to get out uh, once a month, you know, every month or two. I wish I could get out, get her out more. Well, I hate, I hate going to the indoor range, you know, I'm with your wife. I I tolerate it. I'm, I I don't know. I, it doesn't matter to me too much, but but I understand I'm probably the exception rather than the rule. Uh, I mean, I definitely prefer shooting outdoors. That's for sure. Um, 
What 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 if your husband is a certified instructor though, lady? You know, like mm, that's a- <laughs> I, I think then probably Shelly, <clears throat> referring to your wife, should probably call a different certified instructor. <laughs> um, you know, be, because she doesn't she doesn't believe or trust you. I, I, that that does she actually, actually lead- she, she she actually says I do a good job. Well, yeah, like I was actually surprised, you know, one time we go to the range and I'm all like freaking out that she's going to, you know, hate it and stuff. We got done. She's like, yeah, you actually, you're pretty good. (laughs) We didn't, we didn't fight about anything. We didn't argue about anything. You know, it just, it was good. (laughs) She was just glad to be away from your children. Probably. Um, So here here would be a great question or thought, uh, Amy and Emily talk. You guys both in your stories talked about kind of how a, a big difference happened when you got formal instruction. So yes. I think a lot of people are hesitant to either spend the money. Imagine that, I mean, we, a vast, large number of states, almost, ooh, I'm, I got to be careful. I bet you 30 of the 50 states will let you get a concealed carry permit without shooting a gun, without actually shooting a live round through a live gun. So, you know, even even women who take a class and get some some basic skills, uh, you know, some basic understanding, some instruction, a, a large number of people out there you know, they, they never go to the effort of actually getting formal instruction. They might take that basic class, they get some safety rules, but then when they go to the range, they're just doing it on their own. Talk a little bit about you, for you, like how big was that? Or, you know, how significant is that yeah. to actually go and get on a range with an instructor? Well, it was, it was huge for me because when, before I got my license, I had picked up some really bad habits um, because I, I basically, when I started working, um, for for this show, it was here, let's go to the range and just start shooting. And we would just like have fun shooting. I got I, obviously like we're being very, very safe and we had to practice safe, responsible gun ownership and all that. But I wasn't I had never really worked on fundamentals as far as sight picture and grip and trigger control and all that kind of stuff. So I had to go back and backtrack and I still revert back to my bad habits all of the time. Um, and so for me, like I knew when I got my license to carry, it was going to be very different than just standing stagnant out of range and having all the time in the world to line up um, my sights and, and squeeze and breathe. And I just, I started putting myself like visually in those situations. Like if I ever had to pull my firearm, am I going to be quick enough? Am I going to be ready? Am I going to really actually be accurate? Um, and so those things, I think that comes with being a responsible gun owner. Like you start, mm-hmm. especially like with your license to carry, you're like, I really need to make sure that I am trained properly with this. And so that was kind of just my, my own journey was I, I just started seeking out, you know, I had some access to some really great trainers and they worked with us in um, high stress situations. I've done a lot of tactical training and stuff like that. And um, it's really helped me be more confident, I think, as um, as a gun owner, and as a license to carry holder. Um, but I, it is, it's very important because it's very different than just standing at a range and shooting and having all the time in the world to, to hit your target. So it's very important. Right. I mean, and I think too, you know, having a, a an instructor who can, you know, walk you through and, and help you make, like for me, like they helped me make, you know, the adjustments that I needed and got me, got me comfortable enough. Cause that was really the first time that I had been handling a firearm, um, a handgun or anything like that. So just, you know, understanding like the mechanics of it um, and being more comfortable that when I did go to the range and get into a lane. I, I understood what I needed to do, you know, with the gun itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when we're shooting, you know, it's such a perishable skill. And if you want to be able to defend yourself, you have to be training. Like you have to take it seriously. You know, you can't just buy it. 
sit it in your drawer or you start carrying it around without, you know, practicing what it's like to, you know, draw from concealment, you know, or under, you know, stressful, stressful situations, like all those things you just, you constantly need to be working at it. I mean, and it's, well, unfortunately we see that a lot too. Um, you know, it's, I see it a lot with my friends who will go and get their license to carry and then they will just throw that gun in the, in the bag in the purse, do this off body carry thing. I don't know if it's because maybe they don't think they're ever actually going to have to use it, (laughs) but uh, I I do think that, um, you know, it's something that you got to take very serious and everyone gets to, I think that point of how they want to carry and where they're going to carry on their own time. And I'm not here to judge how anyone carries or not. I just want to, I want to help give information to say, you know what, maybe think about things a different way Mm -hmm. and start thinking about this. Um, If you ever actually do have to pull your firearm, um, get trained. Like every time I switch guns or every time I I get a new holster, I go out and I train with it. Mm -hmm. And I I train drawing and and pulling that from concealment. I want to get to know how does my trigger work? I want to get to know how this safety works. Um, Is this a hammer fire? Is it strike? or fire. Like I want to be very, very familiar with the tool that I'm going to use mm-hmm. just like I would any other tool that I'm going to use in my house, you know, I need to get to know how it operates and how it works. And then you're better prepared to use it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you made me think of two different things that I'm going to put you guys on the spot again and, and make you address <laughs> the, the first one. I'll often be sitting in a class. I'll be teaching a class and it, I'd say usually, these days I've probably, you know, 30% female in, in, a, in my average class. And uh, we'll get to the topic of concealment and holsters and such. And we kind of go through, you know, I go through my little spiel about, you know, experimentation, trying different clothes, outfits, uh, holsters, guns, you know, positions, et cetera. And inevitably, every once in a while, I'll get a woman to raise her hand. So what, what do you recommend for women? And my usual response is, you're screwed. Um, beca- <laughs> because I, I honestly kind of, in the back of my head, it's just a cop-out way to answer the question. But I do inherently believe that for most women, it is a more challenging thing. And you yeah. talked about how that's why maybe we just default to off-body carry, throw the mm-hmm. thing in the person, go. Um, but can you talk through a little bit, you know, those first couple of attempts at concealment and, and playing with different holsters and positions and, and maybe not anything specific, but kind of talk about the process uh, that, that kind of evolved for you. Um, I mean, I think I'm like majority of the women who go and get their concealed carry license. And I, I put it in my bag. Now I got like a concealed carry bag. Um, and I, I think the reason why I didn't keep it on my body is because as much as I know about firearms and I know that they're just not going to go off on their own, it's something else when you just had the gun on my body. I think you think, okay, is my gun the one gun that's just going to accidentally like go off, you know, and while I know that's not the case, I think it was just for me, like mentally getting to the point where having it on my body at all times um, was something that I was comfortable with. I knew that carrying it off body was going to significantly decrease my draw time. Um, but again, when I carried off body, if I'm walking to the parking lot, I would have it exactly. I would actually have my hand like in my bag, knowing where it is ready to go. I mean, so there's things that I would do with off body carry. Um, but, but as I grew in this, I mean, I, I really did start seeing it as I got more training, I was like, you know what? And as I got comfortable with drawing from concealment, um, I 
just really believe that on body carry is the best way uh, for me to carry because I want to be able to access that very quickly. And so, but it's a challenge, Jacob. It really is. Our clothes are tighter. Our Mm -hmm. bodies are shaped different. Um, I freaking hate sitting down in the car with my gun in a Kydex holster, like in the appendix carry position. It's just not comfortable for me. Um, and so there's, there's just a lot of challenges that we face and I'm still going through the process of finding, um, how I like to carry best. I mean, that's the whole reason why I did the look great, shoot straight blog to talk to women about like not sacrificing your fashion for your function. And it's, it truly is a challenge, but they've got good options out there now that can at least, um, they make it a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I'm going to interject and then I'm going to let Emily kind of answer the same question. Cause I think you bring up a really good point. And for anyone listening, you know, male, female, whatever, th- this is the, the, one of the key takeaways of concealed carry world to me. And that is this idea of progression and evolution, right? I mean, if, if, if a student in my class raises a hand and says, well, what's the best way for me to carry? Like, no problem. Uh, OWB, Glock 17, three o'clock, uh, you know, with, with round and chamber, three spare mags, tactical flashlight on support side, go to town, have fun, right? But like no one ever can achieve that. Well, maybe Riley, because he's, he's, he's that dude. But for the most part, all of us have to do something less than that, yeah. uh, less ideal, but, but we all have to start somewhere. And, and the takeaway perhaps is anything we do, assuming it's not unsafe, is better than leaving the gun home. Yeah. And, and, and we can always improve over time, whether, you know, we get more comfortable or we start to make some wardrobe changes as we, you know, buy new clothes or whatever it might be. So I think that evolution that you're talking about, Amy, Amy mm-hmm. is so important. And, and maybe, Emily, you can touch on that as well. Yeah. You know, when I first started caring, off-body carry wasn't even, didn't even enter. It wasn't an option for me. Um, it's not something that I even looked into at first. I just... It just wasn't something for me. Um, I knew that I wanted to carry on body and it was just a matter of, for me, you know, ordering different holsters, figuring out what was going to work. And, and, you know, and I know that mainly probably only the females can relate to this, but it's like getting, you know, when I'm getting ready or trying to pick an outfit to go to something, you know, I'm trying on three or four different outfits, different pairs of shoes. And that's literally what you have to do is Mm -hmm. you need to find your holsters that are working, try on different outfits to see what it is. And once I started doing that, I realized I could showcase that on Style Me Tactical to be like other women, you know, can relate to this and can get some tips from sort of like my, you know, mistrials or, or whatever. But it's just, you know, taking the time. And I don't know if a lot of women had that kind of patience. I think they want to, you know as we've talked about, like buy the gun, throw it in their bag, they're good to go and they're ready to defend themselves. But really, you you really need to figure out what's going to work for you, what works with your wardrobe. You know, you don't have to go out and buy an entirely new wardrobe. You can figure out what works, what you already have, but you have to be willing to take the time, mm-hmm. figure out what options you have, and then make their adjustments that you're going to have to make. But it's, again, it's what are you willing to do to defend yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to, this may not be the most comfortable thing for eight hours, But so maybe, you know, I don't need to be out for eight hours. Maybe there's other things that I can do. You know, I can come home and change and, you know, I don't need to be caring for that long, but it's just, you still need to be able to experiment and have options. So that way you don't just leave your gun in the drawer and walk out of the house without having anything to defend yourself. I think the more complicated it is, that's why people just don't take the time to to do it. And then they opt for just not having something with them, not having a tool with them uh, because they're like, forget it. Just throw their hands up. I'm not doing this. 
not messing with this, you know, and, and that's what we don't want people to do, you know, and if, if they do decide, you know what, it is messy. I don't want to do this and carry my gun tonight. Well, then that's why we're saying to like, keep something with you being prepared and, and being self-reliant and ready to defend yourself is a mindset mm-hmm. to begin with. It's just saying, look, I know that things happen. I know we don't live in a perfect world. And so we want to be as prepared as we can in this situation. And sometimes that might mean keeping a non-lethal option with you, you know, choosing that over keeping your firearm with you. So um, again, part of that evolution you're talking about, Jacob, I think it just, uh, we got to be careful not to be so like dogmatic about alienating people. If you don't believe the way that I do, if you don't believe what I say and do it the way I tell you to do it, then you shouldn't even do it at all because that's, that's really not the case. You know, there are other alternative things that, um, that we can do. And I think that we need to promote that for, Mm -hmm. for everybody. Mm. I I love, you know, your, your blog, especially styling tactical, uh, Emily is, is, is fantastic in, in the way that when I would look, when I look at your images, you know, you're showing off all these outfits and things and, and like, that's not, you know, <laughs> I don't really care. Right. It's like, uh, okay, whatever, you know, but what impresses me is that you're dressing very stylishly. You're, you're dressing, you know, the clothes fit you. Um, but I, I, I could not, I could not guess that you were carrying a gun on you. And like, right. that's and really I, cool. And I think that's cool to communicate to women that look, you can do this and you can carry pretty good sized guns at times. I mean, your, your VP nine SK is, it's it's smallish, but it's still a pretty good sized gun. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's bigger than my Glock forty three, and I'm noticing that um, it's a little bit different. But you know, I I can carry that, and I can also have the option. I do have the option of going to something smaller if I need, because I do have the Glock forty three. But it's just you know, it goes back to like giving women options and showing them that you know, yeah. just take the time and figure and and take the time if you really if you really want to be prepared and. and take your personal protection a little bit more seriously then devote the extra mm-hmm. 30 minutes on like a Saturday to just go through a couple different outfits, wear it around your house first, see how it feels. And then you can start, you know, taking it out and seeing, you know, if that's going to work for you or not. Yep. I, I love it. You know, it's just, it's awesome because so often when I teach classes, I have women that come through my classes and, you know, they look at me as a guy. I can't speak to their needs. I can't communicate with them the way that a woman or a female instructor could. Um, I tell them what I know based on, you know, knowing ladies like you and, and others. And, like, I, I get these stares sometimes like, huh? Like, <laughs> like no, I, that, I can't carry that gun, Riley. And it's like, no, you can. Go check out Style Me Tactical. Go check out check out Alexa Athletica. Go check out Amy Robbins. Go check out all these other awesome ladies out there and see what they're doing. A quick question, follow up to uh, for for the both of you. What is your go to method for concealed carry? Uh, as far as position, uh, what's your favorite gun? Um, you know, maybe you got a favorite holster or two. Uh, but but particularly, I'm curious about how and where you typically carry. I think mm-hmm. I know your answers, but I'd like to, to get that out there. <laughs> well, I pretty much live in my Alexa Athletica pants. <laughs> I know that's not surprising to you at all that I say that, but I do. I literally created this line for that reason because I lived in workout clothes anyways. Um, and I didn't have a way to carry on my body. And so that's why I, that's why I created this, this line. So, um, and it's, it's different when I am actually out jogging, I typically like to carry at the four o'clock position in these pants. If I am going to the store or whatever, then I like to carry appendix, um, and it's different. So I have a 
<sighs> don't hate me for this because I actually, it's not my favorite firearm to shoot at the range, but I do keep a Ruger LCP with me when I go running because it's very tiny. It is like you, I forget that I have it on my body because it's so lightweight um, and it fits very nicely in these pants, but also, so my SIG P930, uh, P really <laughs> 938 uh, is, is compact and it's nice. I have a Glock 43 that I carry as well um, in my Alexa. So that that's, that's my choice. And that's what I like to uh, keep with me, but I have it on my body at all times because I'm always wearing them. Yeah. yeah I, I carry appendix in waistband. That's my preferred method. I'm most comfortable with that. Um, you know, it's what I practice and how I train. Um, I have been using my Glock 43. Um, but you know, I'm going to start with my VP nine SK. I just got that a little over a month ago. So that's going to be the one that I start carrying the most, but I'm going, you know, in waistband appendix with that. Um, I go, my go-to is my stealth gear holster. That's the one. I mean, it's, it's comfortable. It works. Um, and I like it. So that sort of, I've tried other, you know, kidney, other positions like cross drawn appendixes, what I like. Yeah. Now, is that a comfort thing for you ladies or is that concealability, a, a mixture of the two? I mean, it's kind of a mixture yeah. for me. Um, it's also accessibility. And I think about, um, again, I kind of walk myself through these scenarios like, okay, if an attack were to happen, which am I going to get to quicker? How, mm -hmm. how fast can I get there? Uh, you know, and, and I like appendix for that reason. Um, you know, if an attack's going to happen from behind, I feel like I can get to my firearm faster. Um, so it's, and it's comfortable really until you have to sit down. I mean, that's the, <laughs> that's the only thing. Um, check, check this out. Sit down. <laughs> You are ready to R go. Riley's picking up his shirt and flashing his poor ladies on Facebook. <laughs> and not with the flashbang holster. Just flashing. That's right. Um, honestly, though, that, that is why I made um, like my leggings a little bit higher waisted for that reason. So that when I sit down, it's not digging into the top of my thigh. Um, so I, I made them higher waisted for that reason. And I know not everybody has the same waist size, but uh, it just to me was more comfortable to have it sitting up higher uh, when I sat down. So um, yeah, I mean, I that's, that's why I like appendix majority of the time. It's just running that I that I carry behind me. And that's just for a comfort thing too. sitting in a small of my back is a little bit more comfortable when I'm doing rigorous activity. So yeah. yeah, no, yeah, that's the same for me. It's ease of access and comfort and concealability. It's just, I feel the best there. Like I can grab it there. I, you know, it's just, that's where, that's where I like it to live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, and to your point, Amy, what you said, as far as your leggings, you designed them so that they ride a little higher. So the gun is carried a little higher. So it's not digging, you know, down in the thigh and the leg and stuff when you're sitting down. That, that's huge. And that's one of the things mm -hmm. that I'm constantly, you know, trying to, to teach people about with appendix carry is you really got to play with, you know, how and where you're carrying, you know, like you think appendix, you think there's one spot. No, really, there's like infinite numbers mm -hmm. of, you know, it's an infinite number of locations in the appendix position, you know, slide it a little bit this way. On, on your waist, it might mm -hmm. suddenly be way more comfortable than, you know, a little bit this way. Or, you know, if you, if you're able to change the, the right height of the holster, some holsters, I mean, like this TAC Lab MTR that I'm wearing today, 
there's, there's a little bit of adjustment. You know, you can change the position of the screws with the clips and you can move it up a little bit higher. You can move it down a little bit deeper. Jacob, of course, is always carrying a Brave Response holster, which has <laughs> infinite adjustability. <laughs> oh, great. He's going to flash us. No, now. he's flashing us. <laughs> <up. laughs> shield, shield the eyes, you know. Hide, I wear an undershirt. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, you know, like you, you probably, I, I know it was really brief, but I've got a, a pretty dang near full-size p320 compact a spare mag and a knife all up here in the appendix position you know and i'm sitting down all day long at my desk here doing my thing doing the podcast it works so anyway um that's really great stuff ladies um so here's here's another question um uh, coming back to uh emily the VP9SK, why? Mm-hmm. Like, the, it seems like, for, and probably most people would feel this way, that the Glock 43 is far smaller, far thinner, far lighter, more comfortable probably, especially for a lady to, mm-hmm. to perhaps carry concealed. So why the VP9SK? Well, my first um, handgun purchase was the full-size VP9, and I really love that gun. That's the one that I prefer to shoot. Um, so when the subcompact got released, I just was like, this is the one I want to get this one as well, because it's more of, for me, I feel a little bit more comfortable with like the weapon continuity. I know how both systems work. If there is a stressful situation, like I'm not worrying about, you know, I know exactly where the mag releases. I know where everything is. And so I kind of personally, for me, felt like that would be a great um, addition to have. Um, with, you know, my Glock 43 that I can just have no issues with because I know how it works, ins and out. You know, I know how the Glock 43 works. I shoot that, but it's just the VP9 is the one that I prefer to shoot when I'm out at the range. So it just kind of felt like a natural progression to have that one. But it's nice for me that I have an option of a smaller um, gun with the Glock 43. And plus what I also like about the VP9 system is the um, back and side straps can be changed to be, you know, to fit my hand a little bit um, differently because I believe they do like small, medium, large. So I have an option to play around with those configurations. That's awesome. What I love about your response to that, by the way, is that you you have found a gun that works for you, that's mm-hmm. comfortable for you, that fits you, uh, and that you're not trapped in this dogma of i need the smallest lightest thing i can carry because that's what i see so often i mean all the te- so many of the students that come through my classes they're like well I- i'm buying the you know glock 43 or an lcp and i might ask well why well because that's that's what i'm going to carry concealed because i can carry concealed mm-hmm. i can carry that concealed um and they just have they've you know trained their brain to think that that's that's the way you have to go small right. and light to be able to carry concealed now yes small and light is far more concealable and lighter and easier but does that mean that's what you should carry right concealed? yeah i went with what, what what i'm comfortable with and i'm comfortable with my vp9 and i know that with the sk that you know i've been shooting that's yeah something that i'm going to feel comfortable with as well that's awesome amy anything you want to add to that well, I was going to say, you know, it it really is, there is no right or wrong answer when it comes to what gun should you conceal carry. I mean, there's so many things that I take into consideration um, when I carry uh, from, 
if I'm going to carry, okay, in, in Alexa, well, are the sites going to snag on, on the material, you know, like, do I want to go with something with like a, that has as lower profile that the sites aren't sitting up as high. Um, okay. But then do I really like shooting this gun? How far away am I thinking of being accurate? Like there's so many things I take into consideration. Like I love when, if I go to the movie theater, I love to take my SIG uh, 938 with me because I love the sites. I love the Trijicon night sites that I have on it. So I'm thinking low light situation. Um, I'm more accurate. I always position myself in the movie theater theater to sit in a certain place in the movie theater that is um, gives me the best advantage. And so then I think through that too. I'm like, all right, well, if I'm this far away and I need to be accurate at this many yards and it's a low light situation, okay, I'm going to take my, I'm going to take my SIG, you know? So like, it just, it, it's not like a one size fits right. all situations. I mean, you really can like play around with it and, and get comfortable with, um, what you like and then figure out for you what's going to work in that in that situation there's sometimes like i just want to have sometimes i i just love my mmp shield it's trusty it's in a 40 and i want to carry a 40 today you know i'm not going back and forth on this caliber debate but it's like sometimes i want a higher capacity i'll go with this gun sometimes i just want to carry my 40 because it's comfortable and i haven't shut my shield in a while you know i mean it just depends on the situation for me and, and I, I really do think through each of those situations as to what's going to be the best option for me in that situation. Cool. Uh, great feedback and, yep. and input on that. So this has been awesome. It's been great talking with you, lady. Yeah, no, this has been great. Fun. By the way, I mean, I know we kind of talked about it, but, you know, we, so concealedcarry.com is producing the Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast. Uh, we really kicked it off in a big way by going to SHOT Show with you two and setting up you know, various appointments there. We were able to record on site with you, uh, you know, interviewing various uh, ladies from Six Hours Booth, from Springfield Armory, from Glock, from HK. Uh, and it was awesome. And the content mm -hmm. I thought was fantastic. Uh, the ladies you brought, in, brought in, on were awesome. Uh, I'm just super excited, super stoked to see where this leads uh, and to see this, this new podcast grow. Uh, what is kind of on your radar for the future? Like what's the next steps? Like, what are you, you know, what do you see coming in the future? Whether that's, you know, upcoming training that you've got coming that you're going to do or participate in, uh, you know, maybe what are some, can you tease us maybe some possible future guests on the not your average, <laughs> podcast, or, you know, what you got I, going on? We can tease some of those yeah. upcoming guests. Um, what we, we do want to bring on, um, we have had the great fortune of spending some really good time with some really good trainers and have learned so many valuable, um, tidbits that we want to bring on some of those trainers mm -hmm. with us to really dive into mindset and situational awareness and, um, um, just to get an expert's opinion on that. So we've got some of that lined up. Um, some other just really cool women who, again, are just not your average gun right. girl. <laughs> and I, I don't know what your vision is of, of an average gun girl, but uh, we're kind of breaking those stereotypes. And um, we've got some really cool people that, that want to come on the show. Now everyone's kind of calling us, can we come on your show? Can we come on your show? <laughs> Which is kind of cool. So right. it's been fun. Well, and also some of the things that we touched upon during this discussion, you know, from a female's perspective, we're going to dive deeper into and have some more open discussions about that. Um, so people can come and listen and get more, more information, you know, about, you know, maybe some concealability tips, you know, picking your first hair and gun, things like that, just to kind of help, you know, women to navigate that world a little bit better. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Yep. And continue the on body, off body carry discussion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's because ongoing. you're going to get a lot of, you're going to get a lot of opinions about that. And it's something that truly is um, something that, that we as females, I mean, mm-hmm. talk about and think about. And so uh, we want to, again, just be a good resource for, for women to come in. And we want people's feedback. We really want people right. to start asking us questions, to send us emails, let us know what, what they have questions about. If we don't know the answer, we're going to go find the answer right. for you as best we can. So um, I think just we want to keep interacting with the audience and give you guys the best uh, information that we can. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. You know, it's, I was just thinking a little little random thought that popped in my brain. I mean, you ladies talk about off-body carry and primarily you're thinking of, you know, purse and gun in purse. And I'm thinking, hey, I off-body carry every once in a while. I know some long-time listeners of podcasts are going, what, what, what? Riley off-body carries? <laughs> yeah, it's my folded up AR-15, you know, pistol in my backpack. <laughs> there you go. I was going to say backpacker fanny pot carry, you know. <laughs> I've got the, the pistol on my waist and on the back, I've got my AR. Let's go. <laughs> that's, 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 that's probably awesome. not generally what most of us think of when we think of off-body, right. Riley, but, you know, you're special. <laughs> you are special, Riley. Oh, thank you. Thank you all. Fill in the love. So uh, last words, anybody, Jacob, you, I, I yeah. kind of took over there the last few minutes, but I would, so two things I, I'm thinking about. One would be for those of you who are listening today, I would encourage you to share the not your average gun girls podcast. We'll, we'll have that link in the show notes. It's here on, on, uh, in the Facebook feed. It, this might be something you should check out. If you haven't already, I would encourage you to give it a shot. You might love it more than this one, or you might think it's just as good, or it might be one more you subscribe to. I don't know. Uh, but if you, you certainly will never know if you don't, if you don't subscribe and listen. And so I'd encourage you to get plugged in and to share it with people who uh, you might feel this might be the thing. This might be uh, the approach, the conversation that finally gets some of these other people in your life uh, engaged with firearms and self-defense and, and self-reliance. So mm-hmm. take, take advantage of the opportunity to share this and to get the word out there because there's a lot of great things already live on this show and there's a lot more to come cool awesome where can uh, people find you uh well you can find there's several places that we are on instagram um and facebook the podcast is at not your average gun girls on instagram um, and then you can find each of our personal Instagram pages and Facebook pages. Mine is at Alexo Athletica on Insta and also on Facebook as well. Yeah, and I'm at Style Me Tactical on Facebook and on Instagram, or you can visit my blog at stylemetactical.com. Awesome. And yeah, we, we started off the podcast, we just sort of went right into things here. So we didn't mention <laughs> any sponsors or anything, which is fine. That's cool, you know, but unofficial sponsors of today's or official sponsors. I don't know. <laughs> official sponsors, athletic, Alexo Athletica, Style Me Tactical blog, uh, guardiannation.com. You guys probably get sick of hearing about Guardian Nation, but uh, yeah, sorry. Like you're going <laughs> to, it, it kind of makes it so we can do this. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and don't forget that we've got coming up episode number 200 where we'll have some giveaways and we'll be giving away some memberships to Guardian Nation, which is huge. We've never done that before. And that'll be, that'll be awesome. Uh, some of you are going to be really lucky to get those. And uh, we'll have some other great product that we'll put out there as well for giveaways. Awesome. So, Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. This is great. Bye. Thanks for being a part of it, ladies. Jacob, thanks for joining us today and covering for me when my internet cut out. (laughs) 
<laughs> you got it. <laughs> well, we'll see you all later. Just a reminder from us here at the Concealed Carry Podcast to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care, everyone. A reminder that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com, and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things can be different where you live, or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.